Hello and welcome back to Sounds Like Us. This podcast is just a group of people discussing daily dilemmas faced by everyone around us while also trying to get through life. So get a glass of whatever you love, get comfortable and listen on. Trigger warning. The following episode may contain some content which can be potentially triggering like mentions of rape, eating disorders, body shaming, assault and abuse, harassment, violence, gender-based crimes and hate towards a particular community. We strongly condemn all of these. We're just trying to raise awareness about the mentioned issues and lay down unbiased, realistic facts. Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast Sounds Like Us. Today we are your hosts. I'm Maitri and I'm Srishti. And today we have with us Mr. Lokesh Pabar who's here to share his story about sexual abuse and also about it is hard for people to open up about these things and his journey about coming out and telling people and yeah over to you mr lokesh well thank you first of all for having me um i'm it's an honor to you know just sort of have a platform anywhere to talk about something that's always been sort of hushed and sort of pushed back um for eons and uh, it still continues to be this just the same way um but it's nice that you're providing space and um a diaspora for people like myself to come out and speak and open uh, about vulnerabilities about things that really matter um so yeah let's start off by you know if you would like and if you're comfortable if you could share what happen not very much in details maybe just an overall you know overall mm-hmm. the overall story because we'd like our listeners to be little familiar with what's happening right sure um so uh, so hi everyone i am lokesh i am a sexual abuse um victim a survivor actually and a proud proud activist um i was if i have to just give you like a brief run back of my story i was first abused when i was 6 and that sort of went on for the next 10 years um now for you it just might be oh it was 10 years for me those 10 years felt like 100 years because they were never getting over and um it became more of a burden because i was just absolutely utterly unaware of what was going on with me and i didn't know what to address it with and who to talk to about it and i think that went on for a very long time of course it has many many reasons to it but um it it sort of affected me and changed it sort of affected me and has impacted my childhood so much that i don't think i want to look back upon it where a lot whereas a lot of people talk about you know hey my childhood my childhood was great that i want to go back to school but i don't um and i think um that's not good for any child to say that, that their childhood was not great that they do not want to sort of look back upon those memories that's not a good thing to do and i think i it's not just me um there are many many kids out there that are, that are sort of going through the same um dilemma and uh, i feel the same thing um so getting back to the story i was as i said abused for about like um 10 years or so and um it started off with small things you know where the abuser would ask me to just tag along with him somewhere um to then going on to the bigger things where it would take me to the secret room as you as we call it um and the dark secret room 
and then of course it followed with a lot of exploitation where um a six-year-old should not have been sort of um exposed to i think um or i, I think any child any age or any human um with no understanding of what is happening with them should not be exposed to any kind of um act like that um so i and while i was growing up i was sort of living a dual life where i was pretending to be normal outside when i was with kids other kids when i was with everybody else because i didn't know if this was happening with them right so i think that lack of awareness and understanding also sort of made me feel um less made me feel somewhere um obstructed and limited because i didn't know any better so i was like okay this is my life probably this is how everybody's functioning right everybody's going through a similar story everybody's going to to a secret dark room and things are happening with everybody so uh, that, that that was the life i was living um but then i i after a point i was so curious in life to know as to why am i not being able to speak about it out in the open why is nobody else talking to me about this experience where we talked about everything else in life right where we talk about getting a small bruise and we immediately know as to what you have to do as a child when you get a bruise you cry about it and you go run to somebody because that's what we've been taught and we've seen around we've seen other kids also do the same we've seen people do the same and hence we follow that league but in this case i just didn't know what to do and so i was left absolutely clueless up until a time when i was in my 10th grade and you know in school you often as teenagers you often talk about uh, naughty things is to be very specific i'm sorry but uh, you you discuss like sex and you talk about encounters and you talk about the first kisses because that's when you feel that you're an adult when you're not really um and uh, a little bit of maturity kicks in when you're in your 10th grade and stuff like that so i used to talk a lot a lot about um i used to hear a lot about um, you know sex and stuff and then i was sort of correlating or relating these incidences and these stories of people talking about sex with what was happening in my life and i felt that the context of what these guys are talking is absolutely different there's this they talk about consent they talk about um ha- this happening at a certain age um they talk about you know a lot of things that i was like I, a lot of things that made me question my life and my back story and everything and that was the time when i started to look upon the internet internet had internet at that point it boomed really and we had access to it um at school so i went on the la- computer and i looked up um i started looking up it wasn't that i looked up the first and i understood oh yeah you know what yeah this is this is it this is what it is now it took me 4 years to, to sort of come to terms with um what was happening with me it took me 4 years to understand with deep research that i was being abused sexually abused and all of that and, and then i came across this one show which um uh, satyamit jai it's a very famous show um hosted by amir khan and my friend who is now my friend uh, mr harish ayer um who's an equal rights activist he was on that show he was invited on that show um to speak about his sexual abuse story and um when i saw that episode and when i heard him talk about his life i felt as if he was telling my story i felt as if he was literally 
picking up bits from my life just changing characters a little bit just changing names a little bit but everything apart from that stayed just the same the flow the time the the level of anger frustration confusion dilemma lack of awareness everything just stayed the same and that's when i completely completely fully understood that okay i also am a victim and then a survivor of sexual abuse um yes then a few years later i it took me another a year or two to sort of come to sort of start and then complete my healing journey um because that was the one thing i wanted to do um and uh, yeah that's that's how it went um i think i we are very glad that you're hopefully doing better in getting that but uh, as you said i personally feel that a lot of this comes from the lack of awareness especially in younger kids topics like these are often like not discussed by parents you know Most. yeah it's it's very it's not like you know even when we come to our 9th or 10th grade that's the first time we hear about things like consent and sexual abuse or things like that so uh, do you do you personally think that uh, you know what are the better ways do you think that things uh, sexual things like sexual abuse can uh, be spoken about to children without uh, them feeling awkward or them not taking it in the wrong way hmm right um i think like you mentioned um that you know parents don't talk about um all of this at home uh, my parents didn't talk about it up until i spoke to them about it i went up to them and i told them my story um the problem is um and it's around the world it's not just constructed to india, to um, india. or yeah right um it's about that we will only react on a thing until it's happening unless it happens to us for example my parents reacted and they now talk about abuse because i um was a victim and i'm very sure if i wasn't a victim and if i wasn't a survivor uh my parents would not have talked maybe yeah, i would story, not have talked about maybe the story would have never come up i think that's what you're trying to say right so yeah, there are only reactionary measures there are no preventive measures absolutely absolutely that's the point right, i was yeah. coming to that we have to stop looking at things um in a way that ki acha ye mujhe nahi ho raha hai to mujhe farak nahi pad raha why wait for your kid or anybody or anybody's kid to go through something as traumatic as this and then sort of react to it and then talk about it you know um yes um i am an example of that uh my parents are an example of that but maybe i am doing uh my bit in changing that pattern and i think that's important for us um to start that journey of changing that pattern into something that really will prevent kids not of today i'm saying it's not going to be like the change is going to happen in the yeah, next 20 exactly. 40 days it's going to take a lot of time of course because perpetrators are right into in your homes and how do you how do you change that you can't change somebody's mind so quickly right you have to sort of do a lot of work in order to um make that change happen out at an at a larger scale um and that's only only going to happen when you address these conversations right at the um right at your home yeah, yeah um at at dinner table conversations um and when when your kids are small enough when they go to school and when people have access to their um bodies 
um, when you're absent, um, or when you don't exist around them. So I think that is because, because when I grow up, I can take care of myself. But what when I'm young, what when I'm a little kid, um, I, can, I don't know any better in life. So I think that's, I think one of the most, I wouldn't necessarily call it easiest, but one of the most important and um, necessary ways of sort of getting that change um, um, triggered. And I think like, like as Maitri said that, you know, people get uncomfortable talking about it, but I feel like that's where the problem comes in because we aren't necessarily talking about the sexual act. We can also just talk about the good touch and bad touch, which is something like every kid should know about, right? Like what good right. touch or what bad touch is. So the problem is that we attach this stigma. It's not the child's fault. It's the adult's fault there because they are the responsible ones to be there, right? And I think a, a bigger problem also is because of the sexual repression in our society is also one of the reasons that so many people commit these kinds of things because they are also sexually repressed because there is a lot of stigma. So unless and yeah. until there is more talk about what sexuality of people, how it works and how this repression is working and how the stigma should not be attached to it. I, I mean, these are also very important conversations like as Lokesh mentioned. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah, true. I think one of the uh, why children often go through sexual abuse in such a large number is that a lot of times the adult or the, you know, the perpetrator knows that the child is not going to open his or her mouth because the child has no idea what he or she is going through. So right. I think until and unless we do not like, I think a lot of times observing the child's behavior, if something is out of place, if the child is very scared around the person, I think things like these really, really, you know, those small, small things point out to a really large thing is what I think. Right. Also, I mean, look, now today we're talking about this. Um, you will release this, let's say, in the next few days out there in the open for public consumption. Um, I'm pretty sure... Um, even if, let's say, thousands of people watch it, out of that, 10 people will sort of realize that, okay, this is my life, probably. Um, and they will realize yeah, and that. And that's, that's is, very disheartening. That people it still... Is, it is. Yeah, people still... As disheartening like, as it rely, is. ...rely on things like these in order to understand or in order to even talk about this to their closest friend or closest family member. It's just the stigma around the society. Right. And I think as disheartening as it is, it's also reassuring for us as people and for them as um, victims where they, let's say they, you know, they've just been abused in the past, let's say, year. It's, it's soon enough for them to take an action rather than know about it 10 years later and still be abused for those 10 years. Right? So I think the conversations like these, it, it doesn't really have to be just your folks or your home. Conversations, I think, can happen anywhere. And with the advent of social media and technology, um, we're able to be inside people's homes and, and sort of be a part of their life and tell them that, you know, this is the change or this is what we think you should do. Um, so many people have come up to me and sort of, um, after they've read my story somewhere on some page, if they listen to me or whatever, they've come up and told me that, um, thank you for saying whatever you said, because um, now I am in full uh, sort of 
in i'm i'm completely aware of the fact that what i need to do with my life um i was just succumbing to the pressure um and i think that is very important yeah i mean people are able to relate to it and i think once you see other people that other people have gone through this you get this sort of feeling that you're not alone in this and i right. think that's really important and i also like as you said conversations is an important thing i think one more thing it does is it sensitizes sensitizes people so like in the beginning you mentioned right that you don't like it when you have to look back at your childhood and that is something that i also relate to on a certain level and then i feel like i have seen people around me always talking about how much they have enjoyed school or how much they have enjoyed their childhood but that's something i have never related with so then okay. what i think these conversations does is it it at least it opens people's up mind that okay there are different scenarios available it's not just what pop, pop culture has shown us that the life right. is hunky dory and amazing right so, i think pop culture is i mean in a way sort of blinded the reality and and sort of given us a perspective of how life should be and how when you grow you need to look back upon memories and stuff like why i don't want to i don't have great memories exactly. let's address that let's talk about those things also right um so yeah what would your opinion be like we were talking about pop culture so i have seen that there is sort of like um, the stereotype this is how victims behave or this is the only way in which sexual abuse takes place i think that is also sort of harmful because i personally think that every story is sort of different so when you sort yeah. of stereotype that it is possible that somebody because they are not able to relate to it they might think that okay this is not i'm not going through abuse because maybe that was my thing which i went through wasn't as serious or it wasn't similar to that so right i think two things that i have in mind right now at the top of my head one is that you cannot compare your struggle with somebody else's struggle just because um trauma is very individual um um let's say my abuse will has affected me in a very different way as it may affect you um mm. your abuse will affect you in a different way because you're built differently um as a person your instincts are different your ability capability is different and i think um i'm not the great thing that i did in life and i'm so happy, i'm i'm very happy about the fact that i didn't compare my story with um somebody else's story because if i'd done that i would have pressured myself to think that okay i'm i'm doing it too much and i think this there's nothing like doing too much doing too less it's it's very subjective it's very individualistic for me to deal with my trauma in my way so if i want to talk about it in the open i want to talk about it in the open that's the way i want to do it if somebody doesn't want to talk about it in the open that's their way of coping up with their trauma so it's it's there's no certain way of there's no one way of doing or sort of coping up trauma um and that's what pop culture has taught us that there is one way of doing a certain thing or there's one way of, to believe a certain um thing um another thing that people i think uh, pop culture and mainstream media has sort of pushed uh, the agenda and made males especially male survivors believe that if you have been sexually abused um if a male has been abused by a male it's a 100% gay thing like you are bound to become gay and that has seeped inside people's heads so much that survivors have come up to me and said that i don't want to talk about my abuse to anybody because people will start believing that i'm gay so two things even if you are gay um you're going to be hated right if people are going to throw slurs at you and whatever and the second is if you are not gay people are still going to put you in that box and say that you're gay 
and that's like another added pressure because come on the lgbt is not so um welcomed and receptive i mean people are not so receptive to, towards the lgbtq community and that sort of adds the pressure and people because of this also do not come out um and tell their tra- uh, trauma or their uh, abuse stories so they they remain closed and within their you know closets and stuff and i think that also is another issue that needs to be addressed um that sexual i mean abuse has nothing to do with one's preferences or sexuality it's, it's regardless it's just one human body exploiting another one one stupid mind doing something to another innocent uh, mind that's it yeah i mean yeah. like really believing that you had no part to play in this it was nowhere your fault like what right. in whatever manner you might think it just wasn't right absolutely yeah. and as you said every person goes to the kind of trauma every person experiences is very different from you know one another yeah i think like we just wanted to know like as metri said that everybody's experience is different and you have also gone through your healing process i think for the people who are listening what were some things which you think like at least might help a lot of like some other people like something which might apply to um a lot of people and not just you specifically some broad terms mm-hmm. if there are right. any i think um people should start addressing their own um i mean if i'm feeling something i should start accepting and addressing that feeling um if i keep pushing it because the society does not accept or because nobody's talking about it then it's always going to keep affecting me so that's one thing um second is find somebody who you can talk to um i did that after a point i started off with writing um, because i'm a writer so i started penning my thoughts down and then i came up with i wanted to write a book initially but then i uh, the book was done in 10 pages and i was like nobody's going to read a 10 page book nobody's going to publish it so i scrapped that off and i wrote a poetry a three page poetry and i wanted to share my story with the world so i think just talking and telling somebody um in some form is important because you're letting that um emotion that you've bottled up inside more than emotion just confusion dilemma of a sort um you're just putting it out there and gaining a perspective from somebody you absolutely trust and um don't fear um judgment because you're anyway going to be judged throughout your life um so rather have it out and then be judged than have it in and die anyway right so it's it's really important to bear yourself out there in the open and trust me and i can tell you with this tell you this with personal experience um before um putting out my story i first put out my story officially officially on uh, humans of bombay and i thought oh my god you know what i'm going to be like smashed with um hate and all of that and believe me i have not received one sorry i got a call um yeah believe me i have not received one single absurd hate comment um or something that absolutely just put me in my shell back again i have received a lot of love surprisingly a lot a lot of love and that's just the right amount of hope for me to tell you or anybody that's that's listening to this that you should do it too if you want to really i think yeah. people don't understand that how powerful talking or communicating or just writing down what you feel is uh, yeah. because 
I think all of us have gone through the bad phases and one of my way to cope with things is just basically writing it down and throwing yeah. the paper away and it makes me feel so much better so yeah, yeah. I think that is pretty much what I wanted to tell yeah I mean that's that's powerful I mean, I was just going to say that we have discussed things about on a personal level, I think, like, as you said, about the family and doing things on our own and the teachers. But I think, don't you think that it's, it's also an institutional failure that this ends up happening to so many kids, but it goes unreported and like, if, like with the laws as well, like the POSCO law or the way it's being implemented right now, we see cases coming up actually that the, in the ways the cases are being, the laws are being implemented. I mean, it's, I personally also feel that it's just a social failure. It's, it's, it's a failure of the society, but on some level, it's also an institutional failure where people have like lagged in the laws as well. I mean, like I personally like read that POSCO in 2019, when the amendment was made, they introduced death penalty, but there's this whole thing that actually death penalty can be detrimental because when the perpetrator is uh, somebody who's close to the child, the problem is that the society will be even more uh, scared to come up like mm -hmm. and confront that person because then there's a possibility of that person facing harsher punishment and the child being even more scared with coming out with the identity of the person who's doing it, especially if it's somebody who's closer to that child because which is mostly generally the case. Right. So I think like these are big institutional failures and instead of like punishment and penalty, like as we talked about, there are only reactionary measures instead of preventive hmm. measures, like there are no uh, bad touch, right. good touch uh, courses in school where there should be since hmm. a very young age. So like, what do you think about like institutional measures which we can implement? When I have to talk, when I have to, you know, talk about, of course, education in school, sex education, particularly, it's, it's all for the sake of it, I think. It's just because it needs to be. And I think when I was a kid, when I was growing up, we were taught, I mean, we were just talked about rather Oh, you know what? This is this is the, the male genitalia. This is the female genitalia. This is what happens, and blah blah blah. blah and go back to your classes. This is what happened, and I wasn't ever taught about good touch, bad touch when I grew up. Um, and uh, I don't think even if they told me, you know what, this is good touch, bad touch, uh, just on the surface of it, I would have been saved from what I sort of went through. It, there needs to be a very deeper conversation, deeper education, a sort of something that deals with, you know, that also shows history, that also educates parents, not just kids, because it's equally important to talk about this with parents as well. Because let's face it, even parents don't know shit about it. Um, so it's it's not just about educate the kids, educate everybody. Um, um, when we talk about institutional favor, uh, failure, yes, it is. That is, a, I think, an absolute um, mess um, and uh, we need to address that as well. Um, but I think it also first, my take on that is while that is there, um, a lot of lives can also be saved. Um, future lives can also be saved through what we're trying to do here, um, which is just to sort of make push the conversation out there from one end where it's not being pushed out from the other end, right? So that's also important. Um, and like you mentioned that most of the abuse, in most of the abuse cases, which is 99% of the abuse cases, actually the perpetrator is um, closely related to the, um, you know, kid 
um yeah. that is true and i also have um, you know stats and lawyers i have a lot of lawyer friends who keep telling me that um the condition in our country is very poor when it comes to the boxo act as well while boxo act is one of the most um strongest acts if you just read the act if you go by word by word of the act it's an amazing act um yeah. but it but that's just on the paper right um because when you go to file a charge sheet um th- that doesn't get filed quickly that takes you know you have to you know how it is right yeah. it takes a lot of time i have tried doing that it it hasn't really come uh, you know through as successfully as i thought it would um being a male victim and a survivor it's even harder for us to prove the point that yes we can get abused and it wasn't just an encounter and that i should pleasure seek pleasure out of it and just move on in life right that's one aspect of it as well second uh, another one is that um medical procedures jo hote hai uh, before mm. the court hearing and the court trials and all of that medical reports don't get produced within stipulated time it's it's all the it's all the issues you know there are smaller smaller um, departmental institutional issues that need to be resolved um and that's why court hearings and trials get pushed um, ahead because reports are not uh, produced at on time um there is also another lawyer friend and a few lawyer friends also sort of told me i've read also about it quite a bit that um india doesn't really have um a child friendly court um mm. there have been times and i've also particularly very personally seen this witness this also that the perpetrator and the uh, victim uh, and the survivor they're sitting right across um each other um in the waiting line or whatever so i think very small things that need to be sort of changed um and it will take a lot of time um because it's um well let's face it our country is not great at uh, you know getting things done in in like a quick um uh minute out of time. yeah we're out of time no 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 i just say oh, okay yeah right so but i think um let's like i said let's let's try pushing from one end because when we do that when when the conversation gets louder um the pressure on the other end sort of increases and that's what happened with nirbhaya also i think and a few other cases and now i think when um today um it's unfortunate we still have to keep talking about this and that people are still going through this but when when a woman gets raped or abused somewhere we are social media is loud enough sort of to put the pressure on somebody on the other end also to sort of take an action right so it's it's good that um that that transition and that paradigm shift has happened at least in one place yeah. so let's hope and let's take that reassurance that on the other end as well we'll see that change coming through very soon yeah i think the generation or what people like to call it as gen z uh it's, <laughs> it's great that now people are ready to address uh, and call out people if someone is wrong or something is wrong and uh, anyone who is listening to this who who's going through something like this i just want to say we just want to say that uh we more power to you and we really really hope that you get better and that you are uh, you know it's not about if you're strong or you're weak it's just that you know we just hope you get better and that sort of also brings us to the end of this conversation we had a great time talking to you thank you for having me it was great talking to you guys